Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hemp present. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hemp Present. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hemppresent at gmail.com. I greatly enjoy hearing from you, the listener. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Cleveland, Ohio cannabis activist, Brian Adams. Brian received a bachelor's degree from Cleveland State University in 2009, and he has worked with Cleveland Normal since 2013, as well as founding Sensible Cleveland in 2015. Brian is also with Cleveland School of Cannabis and helped decriminalize cannabis possession in Cleveland in 2020. Uh, welcome, Brian, to Cannabis Radio. Hey there, Vivian. I definitely appreciate you having me on. And wow, I, those those accolades, hearing them from you just just uh, makes my resume seem uh, way better than it is. <laughs> well, you did all the work, man. I'm just <laughs> I'm just sharing it with everybody. Um, you know, great to have you on the show and and get your message out. Uh, before we move on, uh, well, let me just say you started with voter registration, right? Mm -hmm. Could you talk a bit about that experience and how you eventually evolved into cannabis policy? Absolutely. And um, uh, thanks uh, once again for having me on. And, and um, I listen every week, by the way, Hemp Present, definitely uh, one of the dopest shows out there, Cannabis Radio. <laughs> uh, strong shout out. And um, yeah, you know, all the way back uh, during the uh, Obama administration, 2008, I would say, is when I somewhat got my activist legs. Uh, it was something that, that finally I could say I believe in, uh, someone looking like me and uh, being able to be in a place that we had never seen it until that moment. I felt I wanted to be a part of history and uh, help get this brother elected. And, uh, you know, you know, whether it was uh, on false hope or, <laughs> you know, just pure adrenaline, you know, you never know. But um, I ended up... Uh, getting really heavily involved in voter registration in my community and also other areas where, uh, you know, the rumor is folks don't want to vote and things like that. Um, so I was out to prove them wrong. I actually registered hundreds of folks um, out of a little uh, corner office and uh, on an east side uh, area of Cleveland. 
And uh, we did really good. And I think we did our part to help uh, get, uh, you know, Barack Obama elected um, all, so much so that I created a, a song uh, that got all the way to the White House. And um, he hopefully he listened to it. He certainly sent me back a letter uh, that was signed by him. Uh, acknowledging the fact that his, the music had got to him. And uh, I hope he uh, listened, uh, as he would say. Wow, that's pretty cool. You know, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm not an alcohol drinker. Uh, I don't drink, you know. Me neither. And uh, the night that Barack Obama won in 2008, I went out with my son and I got so drunk. <laughs> and I, I, haven't, I haven't had a drink since, and it's probably been 10 years before that, but I was so excited. Um, <laughs> And on that note, before we move on to cannabis policy, how concerned are you about current efforts in several states to subvert our election process and disenfranchise millions of voters, specifically voters of color? Uh, does that something that 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 concerns you at the moment? Like it concerns me? Uh, absolutely. You know, the the person of color there. Ever since we we were. Um through law allowed to vote, which sounds even more ludicrous as I say that a law allowed a human to do something. But uh, we basically have been a very important demographic when it comes to, uh, you know, voter turnout, voter elections. And, and uh, you know, now our vote is more important than ever with the uprising of and, and the awareness of what has been happening for the past several hundred years, quite frankly. Uh, and and uh, now that we have a little mobile phone that can record things, uh, we need to protect the black vote, quite frankly, a lot more because even the people on the other side actually see how important it is. Uh, so that's why they're trying to disenfranchise and trying to make it harder and, you know, essentially taking it back to the old school. Uh, but now more than ever, we need to educate ourselves in, in uh, southern states and northern states all around. Uh, as, as far as access goes and how to get that access, being involved and uh, staying on the beat of your local uh, election turnout. It, it's very easy to do, quite frankly. You can go to uh, multiple sources, your, your local um, ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, which they helped me a lot on my uh, Sensible Cleveland campaign, uh, and, and you know, just other various sources like Normal and, and um, you know, I, I'm, even Seattle Hempfest uh, can help get you uh, you know, that website can help get you connected to your lawmakers and, and uh, so-called constituents, because uh, now more than ever, we need to make that turnout and uh, protect that vote uh, because, you know, things are happening left and right. But it seems now America is watching wholly and, uh, you know, importantly, it, it is a, a time where we can all connect, unite and understand that, that we've been fighting for this for the entire time. You just mentioned Normal. You're with Cleveland Normal. Can you talk a moment about Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, and what the Cleveland chapter of Normal is involved in these days? Yes, and I, I love uh, getting a chance to say the full acronym out uh, when I'm in uh, the, my class <laughs> or in, uh, out and about and talking. Uh, yes, that's definitely what it means, uh, and it's very important to the normalization of the conversation since 1970. Got a chance to meet Keith Strop. Uh, back in 2016, when I did my first lobby effort on behalf of Cleveland Normal. Um, nowadays, Ohio Normal chapters are somewhat limited. There is one Appalachian Normal chapter left. Um, we have shifted our responsibilities to uh, decriminalization in the Sensible Movement Coalition, which I have, have a chance to, uh, had a chance to be a part of the Sensible Cleveland chapter, was the founder and chief petitioner 
for that. But um, going all the way back in 2013, Cleveland Normal, I was, you know, starting to become the executive director around 2014-ish, got my legs and actually founded the Political Action Committee or PAC that was the Sensible Cleveland PAC. Um, On the legs and on the energy of the uh, brilliant uh, colleague and friend Chad Thompson out of Toledo, Ohio, in 2015, Sensible Cleveland was born on the back of Sensible Toledo. So historically speaking, we Sensible Toledo was the very first full decriminalization city in the entire country, uh, meaning no fine, no jail time for possession of under uh, 200 grams. So that nowhere else in this country, in, in any city, have we ever seen that uh, such a low level priority enforcement for cannabis possession. So Cleveland wanted to do the same thing and we eventually did so through city council. What, what role did you play in those reforms and, and how would you characterize the general status of cannabis in Cleveland? Are you satisfied with the advancements so far or are there greater reforms that you're working for? You know, there's always something greater, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets greater later, man. I, yeah, I feel man. like, you know, this this uh, medical cannabis experiment uh, in Ohio is what we ended up with after the 2015 debacle that was responsible Ohio. However, you ended up feeling about that. We didn't get a chance to legalize cannabis back then. And uh, we ended up trading an, an oligopoly uh, for a government monopoly. So <laughs> essentially, that's what we did in Ohio, because now the Ohio legislature is uh, in charge of the rulemaking. They, they, they uh, divvy up the laws and uh, they put together all the regulations um, through the Department of Commerce. We are working. Um, I actually am uh, currently uh, a dispensing agent or bud tender here in Ohio as well. So I've got a chance to uh, work in the industry that we help bring to the state. Um, I am not uh, impressed uh, whatsoever by the you know, ramifications of the program. However, what I will say is it, it has evolved since the first day. They have taken considerations from patients and uh, changing up the program as far as how the day supplies work. Um, I've seen that firsthand uh, improve. And I'm an actual patient as well for sickle cell anemia. It is a condition I have uh, C-type of since I was younger. Um, you know, had two blood transfusions as a child to stay alive with this condition. Uh, I'm malaria proof, which is a good thing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a really... Uh, a condition that has been helped greatly by cannabis. And um, thank goodness for the activists of Ohio, Ohio Normal, all of their eight regional chapters, including Cleveland Normal, Toledo Normal, uh, helping us start the sensible movement. And uh, we had, we now have 18 plus cities in Ohio uh, that had in some form or another through petitioning or city council have passed a full decrim law, uh, much like uh, Toledo did in 2015 and Cleveland did in 2020. Here in Washington State, uh, anybody who's 21 and over can walk into a recreational store. It's basically kind of like a 7-Eleven or a C's candy store of cannabis. Uh, and you can buy up to an ounce of cannabis after you show your ID a couple times. Uh, get in your car, drive off. You don't even really need to look in your review mirror to worry about anybody behind you because nobody cares. Exactly what is permitted under Ohio's medical cannabis legislation? What, what do patients like yourself 
what, what, what can you do? What can you access in Ohio? Yeah, no, good question, uh, especially folks that uh, may be ready to move back to Ohio. I know we have some Ohio refugees moved out to Colorado, moved out to Washington State and uh, elsewhere when uh, medical cannabis seemed like it wouldn't happen here. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I thought about it myself. I actually wanted to go to DC because I can do the lobby work and grow a couple plants at home. It seemed like an activist dream, quite frankly. <laughs> but uh, uh, in Ohio, you're allowed a 90 day possession limit of, you know, when we look at flower, uh, there's a couple of possession limits here and I'll just go over a couple of them. Um, for flower, we went really heavy. Uh, the maximum potency of flower is 35% uh, and that's within a 5% variance. So cultivators can come within uh, the 35% threshold or up to 5% more. Uh, so we're trying to break that Guinness world record uh, of a potency, uh, clearly. Uh, I don't know if the Board of Pharmacy quite understood how, what they were doing when they did that, but I won't uh, argue it. Um, and so you got up to 35% potency, they call that tier two flower. All right, so anything that's under 23% is considered what they call tier one flower. So tier one flower are allowed to possess uh, up to eight ounces worth as long as the, the potency is under 23%. Uh, you know, so you're, up to, you're able to possess up to eight ounces worth uh, every 90 days, essentially. Um, now they've changed the rule recently to break it up into sub periods. So essentially you have a 45 day fill period structure where you deplete those days based on purchases you make in the dispensary. So flowers, uh, one example, and then if you look at cartridges, uh, there's a threshold there for inhaled cannabis as well. I am talking to Brian Adams from Cleveland, Ohio, Normal, among other awesome organizations. We're going to take a brief uh, pause and come right back with our second segment, so don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back with Brian Adams. Um, how about how about cultivation for patients in uh, Cleveland, Ohio these days? What's that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we can't grow here in Washington State either. Right, right. Actually, you your state is uh, uh, an exam question for the the uh, test <laughs> that I the class that I teach a uh, history of cannabis at the Cleveland School of Cannabis. Uh, here in Ohio, I, and it's true or false, does Washington State allow home grow? You don't know how, it's always a 50-50 with, with the true false. It, some folks answer that wrong. <laughs> and right. uh, yeah, just, just like your state, uh, we are not allowed to do so either. Um, and we can't 
grow at home and also there is no combustion of oh, uh, medical cannabis so no smoking right. so it's only oil oh yeah so so here's the deal they for whatever reason trust that everyone is going to go home buy a 300 dollar dryer vaporizer off the internet get it delivered from amazon and then or buy it from our dispensary or and then vape their flower as opposed to rolling in in a joint the <laughs> so, so they fully trust us to to to, to... <laughs> so yeah well, no they sell flower too so i folks are going home and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're 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 not um some of them are i know but uh most folks are just doing their thing yep yep just just to clarify here in washington state <clears throat> excuse me patients uh Qualified patients can grow a limited number of plants uh, and a little bit higher number if they're in the state registry, but regular citizens can't, uh, regardless of their age. Um, you mentioned the Cleveland School of Cannabis. Uh, what's going on with that, man? What, what all is included in your curricul curriculum? Uh, what do people experience? Uh, why, why would somebody go to the School of Cannabis? Yeah, no, it's just a fantastic way to invest in your um, potential cannabis career, I will say it, it separates you from the rest of the folks that are just trying to get another job so or change kind of a, careers. Kind of a trade school? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we are state approved as well. Um, the only state approved uh, facility of its kind east of Colorado, from what I understand, Cloverleaf University went out of their way to get state approval in Colorado and uh, Ohio. I was there since day one, one of the original instructors uh, at the facility in 2017, January, uh, we started off with one-off courses once a month, uh, you know, introductory courses, letting folks know what we had to offer. And then later on that branched out into a full-fledged curriculum. Um, I was a part of the hiring staff for uh, most of the faculty that's still there working, including myself, um, you know, one of the original directors of faculty there and, um, you know, built the curriculum around the history of cannabis. And I also teach the dispensary operations course uh, on the economy being a manager at an actual dispensary here in Ohio. So it is more of a, a job placement course, which honestly, if you want to spend four years to, to maybe get a job, I went the long way around, man. I got my bachelor's and then I finally circled back in my 30s here and getting paid somewhat when I'm where I think I'm worth. <laughs> so we started that school in, in, to help folks with the green rush. Essentially, we knew Ohio was getting ready to legalize. Uh, we knew folks were interested in the subject. Um, so we produced the subject matter. And, um, you know, along with my other colleagues who helped get it started and, and um, the founder, Austin Briggs, uh, shout out to AB. He, uh, before he founded the school, he was an actual Cleveland normal uh, paid mem monthly member. So <laughs> it was interesting to reconnect with him on a grander scale, on a vision that somewhat we both uh, had a vested interest in. And so that's uh, educating people. a member that, that, that took action on his own. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He became the, the driving force behind the Cleveland School of Cannabis and, and its existence to this day. It's uh, going on five years now. And um, I've had a chance to instruct uh, my ultimate uh, colleagues and uh, co-workers, which is I've never been able to teach folks and then work alongside them. It's, it's pretty uh, invigorating. Since the last time we talked, uh, so much has happened. Uh, multiple states have 
flipped, you know, uh, and, and what we're seeing, we're seeing a couple things, I think, that are, are unique lately, and that is not only were they not, uh, they, the states didn't legalize uh, recreational cannabis or retail cannabis through an initiative process, it was actually the state legislature that, that took the initiative. And the other thing that I'm personally really excited about, <clears throat> even though these efforts in, have been, in my opinion, inadequate, um, these last few states that have legalized have proactively implemented uh, equity components, racial equity, social equity components into their uh, systems. How excited are you about what's going on and how important do you think it is? Because uh, as we all know, people of color have been historically disproportionately targeted and incarcerated by Canada's prohibition. As a person of color, how important do you feel it is that these racial and gender equity components are built into legalization? Probably the single most important component uh, is giving mm -hmm. these folks and, and, and folks mm -hmm. like me access to the industry, uh, a seat at the table, I guess you can say, um, you know, nonviolent uh, offenders need to be released right away. You know, it, it must be uh, an embedded expungement process before we even start thinking about who's counting up the money, because we all know ultimately the government's going to make their cut. They're going to have their cake. They're going to eat it too. They're going to have one that's infused. They're going to have a regular cake too. And then they're, you know, Uncle Sam is going to find out how to tax cannabis at the same time and allow the private prison system to exist so we can get taxed off that too. So it, it, in, until the private prison, I always tell people, well, when are they going to legalize it federally? Well, you know, I would hope Grandpa Joe is on that, but he, but he's look, he looks like he's reading from a teleprompter that's in the 100th row. Like, can someone give him some glasses? It's okay, not shaming anyone who can't see, but make the, the point a little larger on the screen, something, because I, my man looks like he's struggling every single time. Uh, but, but, but back to the lecture at hand. <laughs> the, 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 the single most important component of or the revitalization of ending the war on drugs is that social equity piece. And a lot of states, Ohio uh, and uh, many others have dropped the ball in that area. A lot of states have deemed this act unconstitutional. No, the act of making cannabis illegal after it was already legal is unconstitutional. Yeah. And in fact, an infringement on our direct pursuit of happiness because last time I checked I hit a joint before this interview and I am very happy <laughs> <laughs> well you know yeah. what, we're talking about this right now at this time when there's you know this controversy over critical race theory is going on and stuff and the, the reality is I, th I think you'll agree Brian is that we can't talk about uh, prohibition without or, or excuse me we can't talk about the Black Lives Matter movement without talking about prohibition and the drug war and how mm -hmm. it created this environment where the police can just execute somebody summarily in the street, a person of color with basically with impunity, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all tied to the drug war, do you agree? Absolutely, ever since Pancho Villa, ever since uh, La Cucaracha, and no yeah. offense, the original lyrics of that song had a, had a little bit to do with marijuana. Yeah. And that word we teach in our class is, is a Mexican colloquialism. It's yeah. an example of how white America has repeatedly taken a culture and turned it, inverted it on itself and let it eat itself from the inside out. Because it's simply a word that meant 
I want to go smoke some weed as opposed to the person that's putting me in jail that's high on a cannabis tincture, which is literally three or four or five to 10 times more potent than the Mexican brick weed joint in 1910. So honestly, when laws were being crafted around the criminalization of drugs, the first person to be criminalized was a brown person. Uh, on many fronts, you know, whether that person was a brown person that didn't speak English or whether that person was a brown person that wasn't taught how to speak English. Uh, you and know, and it, here we are like 100 years later and it's still going on. And, yep, in different forms. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, literally, in, if we don't get that part right, we've doing it all wrong. We have been doing it all wrong, to be honest with you, Vivian. And I'm and yeah. it's sad because I'd like to own a dispensary myself. Uh, Wanda James my hero my heroine uh her and her husband the first black owners of of a adult use dispensary you know then there's also berkeley patients group out west where you're at and uh you know the first uh, medical spot for for people of color and it's like i that's what we need here in ohio we need that in in, in every spot you know and um they're they're keeping that from happening and again they're eating, having their cake and eating it too because 280e is being filed and somehow Uncle Sam is not allowing us to to consume this in a social setting, but they're they're taking all the money from the tax side of it. Yep, yep. We have burned this segment down to the roach. <laughs> it's time to roll another segment. So we'll be right back with our final questions for Brian Adams. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are here in the final segment with Brian Adams. Uh, Brian, uh, I know that you have an FM radio show of your own called Blazed and Enthused. What can you tell us about that? And also, I have heard rumors of a podcast coming from you as well. So uh, what's the 411 on the 420? Ah, yes, that is my area code. No, I wish we could get the 420 area code. I heard we're, that some states were fighting <laughs> over that. Um, minus 216, but... Uh, the Blazed and Enthused podcast, the, the Blazed and Enthused show is the podcast, and oh, it'll okay. be simulcast on FM radio. So that, that's what's going on with that. I'm, uh, I'm a longtime radio personality at WCSB Cleveland, 89.3 FM. That's my alma mater college station, and um, I used to love saying that disclaimer. Uh, portions of the following broadcast may be found objectionable to certain members of the listening audience. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. If you need anybody to do those <laughs> those breaks, I can I got y'all. 
Uh, you got the radio voice going on, man. You know, you got, thank you. you know, we don't even bother to warn people. It's just such a disaster here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, that I, I used to host a show called Two One Sick Radio. It, it was a hip hop show uh, for for a long time. It ended in 2017, and and now I'm focusing a little bit more uh, on cannabis information, cannabis news, education, and uh, me and a group of my colleagues uh from the cleveland school of cannabis i'll give you all a, a little bit on it uh we'll be coming together to host uh and produce uh 100 our own creation uh to fill the cannabis news void locally and nationally and also help people learn about the plant while having fun with it as well uh, and that's blazed and enthused you can hear the inaugural episode uh on my mixed cloud that's mixcloud.com slash blazed enthused uh, anything you can find on uh, Blazed and Enthused is just simply slash Blazed Enthused. And, uh, and that goes for Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that. And um, you can follow me at B-N-G-C-L-E. That's Be No Good Cleveland. Brian Be No Good Adams. Uh, and uh, my that's my artist name, too. Uh, I have a band camp, benogood.bandcamp.com. All of that stuff will be plugged and talked about, and I got free music and, and things that we want to do for the community. We got a patreon.com slash blazed enthused if you want to support the show. Um, shout out to all the other cannabis podcasters out there, including yourself, Vivian. I love this show. Been listening to it since day one, and um, well, as, as soon as I got discovered it, it, you know, and I went back and listened to every single episode in existence, including uh, Nurse Heather's show, and uh, oh, my right man, on. Guy Obelum, and 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 Bethany Moore out there, uh, <laughs> with the NCIA cannabis industry voice, and we're gonna get together real soon. A shout out to the MJ Today Media. Uh, podcast network with Shay Gunther of Students for Sensible Drug Policy, and uh, we got an SSDP chapter here in Ohio. So, so, so big up, big up, Shay, helping me get started on the podcast front. And um, I'm looking forward to interviewing tons of kind uh, of advocates in the future, and um, you know, spreading the love and and doing live sessions, hopefully with folks. <laughs> well, Brian, you're a force to be reckoned with, man. Thank you so much for taking time out from all the busy schedule that you have going on to be on the show, man. You stay strong. You too, brother. Thank you. All right. All right, folks, that is it for this show. When it comes to prohibition, you got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Turn up the music maestro because I am out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.